0: Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. Who's excited? you good? You're excited for 2020? Hey, you guys look the best I've ever seen you too. Love what you've done with your faces. Look good. Looks really good. I... I I said that I shared this with the Allenbrook crew not long, not that long ago, but um, everyone's complaining about the masks. So I reckon they're actually you know, they've got a bit of a benefit. There's a couple of couple of benefits to these um, masks that we're wearing currently, and uh, particularly for us introverts, because if you are walking in the shopping centre and you see someone that you don't necessarily want to stop to talk to. You can just pull them up over your eyes and walk. I reckon there's actually quite a few different benefits to these masks. Another one of the benefits is uh, you now know what your breath smells like. (laughs) We have been putting up with it for years. But now you know what your breath smells like. And some of you are sitting there right now wishing that you double brushed this morning. I double brushed. I brushed my teeth twice this morning because I was like... I'm going to be breathing this stuff in for a while, so my mouth's a little bit uh, fluffy right now. But another benefit of these masks is the, um, if you're single, everyone's on a play, even playing field right now. If you're single and you're looking for someone to marry, all you need to do is just brush your eyebrows and you will stand out from the crowd. Everyone is looking very, very similar. And I'm actually trying to cash in on this. I think the masks will probably be around for a while, so I've thought, you know what, might as well get on get on on the cash train with the masks. And uh, I'm actually bringing out a designer line, a designer range of face masks. And I'll I'll give you guys the sneak peek of the the sneak peek of the first one. It's for the Aussie summer. It's called the air-conditioned mask. So you get to enjoy your freedoms whilst also enjoying a bit of air conditioning. These are actually going to be on sale after the service, $10 each, and I will sign a copy if you are lucky, if you are lucky. Hey, hopefully the, 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 the mask whole thing is just a, a season, just a bit of time, just a, a, a little bit of time, hopefully. Everything happens in time. And everything has an expiration date. And I don't know if you've ever tasted something that had gone past its expired date. You've eaten something or you've drank some milk. You've met, you, anyone ever made the cup of coffee with a bit of milk that's off and you see the little floaters? And you've got to make a decision. You've got to make a decision. Do you want some extra... Nutrients, or do you want to go to the shop? I'm taking the nutrients every day of the week. But you know, if you've tasted something that has expired, that it actually doesn't taste good, right? Everything's got an expiry date. We've been talking about uh, a concept, or or, or, it's bigger than a concept, but this idea of grace. Who's enjoyed the last couple of weeks? We've been talking about the, the theme of grace, God's incredible, amazing, abundant, exceedingly in great grace toward us. We are recipients of this incredible grace of God. We sung this morning about the grace and the goodness of God, and we've been focusing and meditating on the, the grace of God. And as I've been preparing for this morning and, and the word that I feel God has put on my heart for us today to set us set us uh, kind of straight for the year that is ahead, I kept getting this phrase, grace is limitless, but time is not. Grace is limitless, but time isn't. The grace of God towards you is incredible. It's extravagant. And it's limitless. You can't exhaust it. You can't out you you can't exhaust the grace of God. God will just keep pouring out grace upon grace upon grace. We see it throughout history, throughout the the plan of his his plan of redemption, grace upon grace upon grace. But guess what? Time is limited. Our time on this earth is actually quite limited. It's written in the scriptures, we we, we see it in James chapter four, verse 14. It says, How how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, and then it is gone. His grace is, is limitless towards you, but our time is limited. And I, I, I know it's kind of a, a little bit of, oh, hang on a second. I probably wanted something on New Year's to like kind of boost my spirit uh, or, or make me feel really good. But I just felt to say that, that time is actually short. And there is no guarantees. I don't know if you've come into this year with just the, the optimism of, of what God is going to do. I hope you have. I hope you're expecting great things. I hope you're expecting to encounter him in new and, and wondrous ways. But I want you to know today that time is short. We may not have 2023. There may not be a 2024. We may not see July. July. Our time on this earth is short. Grace is limitless, but time isn't. I felt to to read this morning a whole chapter of the Bible. Who enjoys the Bible? A few of us. And this is actually a chapter from the Old Testament, one of the minor prophets named Haggai, or Haggai, as Irish people say it. And we're going to read from Haggai uh, chapter 1 and and, and kind of sit on this this thought about time. Chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the second year of King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jozadak, the high priest, This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Then the word of the Lord came to the prophet Haggai. It is the time, but is it the time for you yourselves to be living in paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? Let me give you a little bit of context to what was taking place here. Haggai is a prophet, which is one of the the people that God raised up to speak on his behalf to the nation of Israel. He would continuously raise up these prophets, these people who were considered to be mouthpieces, and he would give them messages to declare to God's people. At this point in time, God's people, the Israelites, the Jews, had been released from captivity, they had spent decades in Babylonian exile, which was a—it a, a, uh, w- it was based upon their disobedience and their rebellion that God led them into exile, and they were under Babylonian rule for many years. They were oppressed. They were slaves. They tried to break down their identity. They tried to break them as a people. And then the Babylon fell, and the Persian Empire rose, and. God worked through these Persian kings to actually give favor to his people and to release them to go back to their hometown of Jerusalem and to rebuild the whole city. And so we find that that at this point in history that God's people had just been released from captivity. They're back in their hometown. Some of them could go back. And so they have gone back with the mandate to rebuild the city to rebuild the temple, to rebuild the walls and the homes and everything in it. And so now they're in this place where they have been out of exile, out of oppression. They've, they've spent seasons, lifetime, under the rule of, uh, of different kings. And now they're in this place of freedom and starting to rebuild their lives. And as they come into this place of freedom, we see that, that uh, God... Confronts the people because of what they have been doing. And it's not necessarily that they're doing sinful things or they're doing things that that, that are dishonoring to him, but they're actually focusing on the wrong things at the wrong time. And we see this this come through the the prophet Haggai where he says this to the people. He says that the people are saying this. The people are saying, the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Here's the first thing I want to leave with us this morning. God determines the time. We discern the times. God is the one that determines the time. We are here to discern what the time is, what the season is, what God is doing, and to move in the direction that he is doing. So when Haggai comes, he he, he catches the attitude of the people They're saying, well, it's not time yet. It's not time to build the house of the Lord. It's not time to to rebuild the temple. And then God confronts them and says, but is it time for you to be building your own houses and to be building your panelled houses and to be working on your home rather than the house of the Lord? He says it isn't the time. So what was taking place was they had been moved into, by the grace of God, a particular season, a particular dispensation, for a particular purpose and reason, and they missed it. God, by His grace, released them from captivity, brought them back to their their hometown, and gave them the, the, the opportunity to rebuild it. That was His determination for the people at that point in time. Their discernment was, well, we're just going to get back to our lives and make sure that our houses are good and we're going to spend our resources and our time building our stuff and then we'll get to God's house. And God says, no, that's not the way that we're going to do this. And he calls them to let go of their homes, let go of their their panelled houses and to put their work toward his house. God determines the time. In Acts 17, 26, this is a a passage that I hold on to really tight. It says, From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. So let me say this to you. There is no accident that you are here right now today. There is no accident that you were born into this time in history. It's not coincidental. It's not accidental. It is divinely intentional and strategic that you are alive today in this dispensation of grace. You are alive because God has allotted your time in history, your time and your boundaries right now. Because of Him. It wasn't your parents that planned you. It was Him. And He planned you before your parents were together. He planned you way before, that you would be alive right now in this point in history. And when I say grace has, you know, that time has an expiration date, you know that seasons of grace have an expiration date too? God's grace has been outworked with humanity since the beginning. Adam and Eve saw grace. They saw, saw an element of grace. Noah saw grace. Abraham saw grace. The law had grace. We can get into this kind of thinking that the law is not grace. But we read in in John 1, when the word was made flesh, he was grace upon grace. He built upon the the old covenant. He, 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 He was grace, greater grace than what was received before. And there were generations of people that longed for what we have today. They didn't have the Holy Spirit of God living within them. They, they, they had to go and talk to, to, to offer sacrifices to priests for them. They didn't have communion with God like we do. They longed to see the coming of the Messiah. And we can be so flippant. We can just kind of take it like it's just kind of normal. There were people who gave their lives believing for what we're experiencing right now. And that was their season of grace. That was their outworking of grace. And now we find ourselves in our season of grace. And there will be a time when this season of grace finishes. We may not want to look forward to that. But there will be a time when Jesus returns and the grace that has been extended to humanity for salvation will no longer be there. And they say, look, look, we'll get to the house of God. We'll get to the things of God when we're ready. We've got to just kind of build our own lives first. He determines the times of our lives. He determines the seasons of our lives. He determines the, the, the whole history of humanity. Our role is to discern what is God doing right now. So these people actually missed it from the start. Rather than uh, asking God, what, what, what would you have us do first in, when we get back? They just went about business as it was. They went to their homes. They started to do, which maybe is natural to us. Maybe we just kind of you know, want to do our own thing. I think about it with lockdowns. We had some lockdowns and, and, and I heard people say, you know, when I, when I get out of lockdown, when I got my freedom back, you know, I'm going to serve the Lord. And then we see like churches have been struggling in many areas because We've got to go, we kind of get free, and then we go back. So they experience grace in exile. They experience grace in persecution. But let me, let me just say this a good test of your understanding of grace is how you live in freedom. A good test of, of how you understand grace is how you actually experience freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Not so that we can go back to our own selfish, fleshly desires, but so that we can serve one another in love. I mean, we we might hold on to grace when things are difficult. When you're crying out for that healing, you're believing, you you know God's grace is holding you. When when, when you're believing for whatever the, the financial situation is, you're holding on to grace. But what happens when the healing comes? Well, when the finances is fixed, you know how many people come to church, and I'm not having a crack at anyone, I think it's a good thing, but they'll, they'll come and, and there'll be a relationship breakdown, a boyfriend left, it used to happen all the time in youth, and they'll start coming to church. Because they, they, they need something, they need the grace of God. And then the next boyfriend comes and catch you later. See, I, I, I kind of got what I needed in that season. I, 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 I lent on the grace in the difficulty, but how are you living in grace in the times on the mountaintops? Because that will show what your true understanding of grace is. I'll say this to us. There has never been a day like today that you've needed God's grace. In your darkest hour, you did not need God's grace as much as you do today. And tomorrow you need grace as much as you did today. It's not that, yeah, I need God's grace when things are hard, but when things are good, I've got it. God, I'm I'm doing okay. We this, this this outpouring, this, this extension of his goodness, his kindness toward us. We need it. We need it in 2022. We need it every day. His grace. He determines the times, we discern the times. So for 2022, we're actually starting our year with a week of prayer and fasting. We've done this the last few years. The idea is that we set aside a full week to pray and fast, to calibrate and to dedicate the year to God. To calibrate means that that we're asking God, what is it that this season is about for me? You might have done some resolutions, some New Year's resolutions, You know, you might come into the year with some goals. That that can be a good thing, but often that is us determining what God is going to do for us rather than us discerning what God is doing already. And we're coming to him and saying, I want to do this and this and this rather than going to him and saying, God, what would you have me do this year? What is it that this season is about? The times were. I encourage this as a church. I don't know what your experience of prayer and fasting is. Maybe, maybe it'll be going without a meal a day or maybe it'll be going the whole week without food or without TV or whatever it may be. My kids fast iPad for maybe like an hour or something and they start whinging about it. And I'm like, you shouldn't whinge while you're fasting. And then I don't eat and I'm like, I'm so hungry. I'm like, I am them. I am the same. But we set aside this time so that we can actually seek God and just ask Him, what is this year about? What's the next step, Lord? Yeah, I, I, th- I think of that the, the, the idea of, of someone who is surfing. Any surfers out here? Just me. <laughs> me and Tyler. The one time I went surfing was with Tyler. And I wouldn't call what I did surfing. I was... he's a good surfer I wasn't but when when a surfer goes out to the ocean let me ask the question are they trying to create waves or are they trying to catch waves are they trying to create the momentum for a wave or are they trying to catch where the momentum of the wave is can you imagine a a surfer paddling out to to the middle of the ocean and just start slapping the water like to, to try and create a wave and then to try and jump on it and surf the wave. How silly would it be for him to just try and slap the water so that he could jump on and try and surf the wave? Don't let your prayer life be slapping the water and trying to create God, determine God to do something for you. Look at what he is doing. There are waves of His Spirit right now moving through the earth, moving through these communities, and our job is to discern what God you're doing and to go with it, to move in the slipstream of His grace, to move with His grace, not, not trying to determine Him to do what we want, which sometimes our prayer is like that. God, you're are, you going to do this in 2022. 2022 is actually real good because you can say like, God with you in 2022. There's actually so many like, catchphrases that you could use with 2022. Don't let your, your uh, prayer life be like that. This, this group of people were like, it's not time. It's not time. We'll get to it. How Aussie is that? Ah, yes, yeah, she'll be right. I'll, I'll, I'll do it when, I'll, you know, when I need to do it. And all the men said... What was that? I was like, oh, your masked?" sorry. <laughs> That's like, okay. I, I received that amen right there. Oh, I'll just, we'll get to it. Yeah, we'll get to it when we get to it. Yeah, we were just, I'm kind of busy right now, you know. I've got my stuff going on, building my panelled house, uh, building, building the, the house over in Jerusalem. God, it's quite busy. I don't really have time to help with the work of God ouch, I, I, I'm kind of busy at this, I'll get to it, I, I'm, I'm intending to get to that life group, I, I, I'm intending to, communi- to, to get into community, I, I've been, you know, when the time is, I'm kind of just, wait, yeah. do you know what we can do? And we can just say, hey, this, it, it's not time right now, and God says to them, but is it time to build your own panelled houses? Time is limited. You do not have the guarantee for tomorrow. You don't have the guarantee that you're going to get the time to do what, what is on your to-do list or what you feel God has put in your heart. So I would say, take the day. What's that saying in French? Is it French? Latin. Is that the same thing? No, it's totally different. <laughs> Carpe diem. Seize the day. Haggai. Seize the day. Take the opportunity for the grace that God has given you today. Today, don't put off to tomorrow what you can what you can say yes to today. Don't put it off. Discern the time. Sense what is God doing this year. I if you haven't fasted before, I challenge you. I, I put it to you. My role as a pastor is not to pamper you, it's to pastor. It's to prepare, to pray, to prophesy, to put lots of peace <laughs> what? Can someone take this guy out? I um, I I challenge you actually to to consider putting putting aside some time this year and just saying, God, what is it that you would have me do? What is it that you would say to me in this year? And maybe it maybe maybe you don't hear anything booming. Maybe you don't, you don't get a sense of, of anything massive. Maybe it's just that time of, of just giving him your heart. Fasting is not about us getting his attention. Fasting is about us giving him our attention. It's us opening our hearts and saying, God, I'm listening. What does this year want to look like? So come to him. God determines the times. We discern the time. What happens next is this, in verse 5, it says, Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Ouch. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You put on clothes, but you never warm. You earn wages only to put them in the purse with holes in it. Who feels like that? You earn the wage and you put it in the purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. He repeats that. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up to the mountains and bring down the timber and build my house, so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You expected much, but see, turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why? Why? Declares the Lord, because of my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with their own houses. Therefore, because of the hev- because of you, because of who? Because of you, the heavens have withdrew, withheld their dew. That is a rap. Because of you, the heavens have withheld their due. We could do a song on this. glow Ben, write that one down. Because of you, the heavens have withheld their due. and now I'm lost. and the earth its crops I called for a drought on the fields and the mountains on the grain the new wine, the olive oil and everything else on the ground produces on the people and the livestock and all the labor of your hands this is a sign of what happens when we put God second if he isn't first it is futile Here's the second thought. God first, full stop. God first, full stop. They went about their business and they're like, we'll get to God. We'll get to his stuff when we get to it. We just got to do our stuff first. And they worked hard. They, they, they did all this thing. They, they sowed crops. They worked. They went out. They sold. They, they did everything. But it was futile. Everything they produced just left. Everything they produced went. Why? Because they had put God first. Because they put themselves first. Ouch. We're living in 2022 where it's all about you. See, that one rhymes too. This is just Holy Spirit. I'm not even thinking of these things we live in a culture right now where we are first you build your house first just go and go and do your stuff first sort your stuff first you you, you give attention to that first but we see that that is futile keep working keep trying keep why is this failing why is it not why, why is nothing happening here maybe just maybe take stock and see where god is in it is he first in that area of your life. Because when He is first, life flows. Grace flows. Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added onto you. So you seek first the kingdom. You put that first, and all of these things will come to you. When He is first the flow of grace into your life moves. But if he's off to the side, if he's down the back, if he's, you're going to get to it later, don't be surprised when things aren't working. Things are kind of falling apart when, things are, when the finances are, aren't there or when you're having issues with that. We're called to put him first with our finances. and Watch what he does. Simple principle, but it's not restricted to money. It's the whole of life. He comes first. God first, full stop. And so they, he, he says to them, this is the result of you putting that back. This is the result of you putting God to the side. And, and maybe it's a challenge for us to consider, because you can be in the Christian environment and still not have God first. I mean, they were in, in the holy city. They, they could have been deceived that by proximity of the temple that was to be rebuilt, that, that they were good with God, that things were good, that he would bless them and he'd pour out favor. But in their hearts, which is where it matters, God wasn't first. And so they went about their own business, building their own little kingdoms. If his kingdom is to come, Our kingdoms have to go. If we pray, your kingdom come, do you know what the byproduct of that is? Your kingdom go. You let go of control. You let go of being the boss. You let go of calling the shots. You let go of determining the times. You have to let go and let his kingdom come. And when our hearts actually do that, you watch the flow of grace move through your life. When he comes first, So at the start of 2022, where is God in in your calendar? Where is God in your your accounts? Where is God in your relationships? Where is God in your vocation? Where is God in your house? Where is God in your life? Is he number one? Is he first? Is God at that place of being first in your life? Kyle and the team, can you guys come up? We're going to have a mid Mid-sermon, time of reflection. There's some communion cups on your seats. I actually find it... it, it I, I mean, communion realigns us, doesn't it? Jesus says, "Do this when, when, uh, do this in remembrance of me when you gather. What does to remember him mean? It means to remember him, but it also means not to forget him. And it also means to put him first in everything. And it's very hard to take communion and not consider everything that he has done. It's impossible to take of communion and not have that revelation, to to, to allow him to give you that revelation of the salvation that he has given to you, of the freedom that he's purchased for you. You are only here today because of him. You only have breath today because of Him. You only woke up this morning because of Him. It is all because of Him. And it is all for Him. And so we're going to stop. And we're going to make space to have communion together. To reflect upon the sacrifice of Jesus. And in light of the sacrifice for your life to ask him this question. God, where are you not first in my world? Are there any areas in my heart where you are not the king, where you are not the Lord? And if you will open heartedly do this, be prepared that he might point some stuff out. But let's start this year by offering it to him. He is first. He comes first in all things. And this is not about trying to beat you up and make you feel guilty because he's, you, you've lost sight of that. that that's what, not what this was. The prophets came to bring correction so that they would experience the fullness of God's blessing. So every time we go off track, God just wants to bring us back so we can experience the fullness of His blessing. And as we consider that, as we take communion... Let's hold it before him and just ask, is there anything, anything in my heart that is offensive towards you, anything in my heart that is disordered, needs realignment, needs you to come in and and shift and shape and shuffle some of the furniture in my heart? So if you would, in your own time, take that, the cup and the the wafer. The team's just going to, melodically gently play cornerstone as we prepared and we're just going to take a couple of moments just to to sit and reflect upon the sacrifice of Jesus which was for you on that cross but was also for you today and for this year so maybe you want to close your eyes maybe you want to bow your head maybe you just want a little bit of space to, to think and contemplate But Jesus, we we thank you that as we take these elements, God, we, we, we do so remembering you. The only reason any of us is in this building today is because of your grace toward us. And God, I pray that you would help us to respond to your grace with hearts that say yes to you in every area of our lives. We thank you that you love us so much. That you won't leave us in those places, but you desire to give grace to change our hearts. In Jesus' name.
1: strong the Savior's love Jesus' blood and righteousness I did not trust this sweetest frame but wholly trust in Jesus' name and my hope is built on nothing less Blood and righteousness. I did not trust the sweetest frame, but holy trust. The storm, He is Lord, Lord
0: Maybe God's putting some things right mm-hmm. in your heart. Starting to just you know, point some little things out. That's good. That's grace. And we need it. We need His grace. As we read on in, in Haggai 1, you see in verse 12, it says, Then Zerubbabel son of Shealtiel, Joshua son of Josedek, the high priest, and the whole remnant of people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God. And the message of the prophet Haggai, because the Lord their Because the Lord their God had sent him, and the people feared the Lord. Here is what happens when God speaks we have a couple of responses. We can respond and say, Thank you. We can respond and say, Thank you, not now. We can respond and say, Not now. We can respond and say, Not ever. Or we can respond and say, Yes. We can respond and say, Yes. And the people were challenged in their way of life. And the word of the Lord came to them and said, hey, let's consider this, consider your ways. And then it says that they obeyed the voice of the Lord. It's one thing to hear the voice of the Lord. It's another thing to obey the voice of the Lord. Many times the prophets, were the the word of the Lord was disobeyed. People missed it. They didn't do it. They, They did their own thing. They continued on doing what they did. Can I say to us this morning let our first response be yes lord whatever it is god whatever you say god yes 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 jesus our heart's attitude to be default obedience which means before the word even comes I've settled in my heart I'm saying yes you know you can you can prepay your fuel you you can you can pre Obey God and say that whatever comes, God, I'm going to say yes. It's, it can be a dangerous prayer. It can it can take you to some crazy places in life. But if your default setting is whatever you say in 2022, God, I'm saying yes. My heart is open to you. To your correction, to your rebuke, to your reproof, to your encouragement, to your grace, to whatever it may be. I'm saying yes this year. As your voice comes, I'm saying yes this year. Let our heart's disposition be yes, Jesus. Our obedience acknowledges his sovereignty. Our obedience acknowledges his authority. Our disobedience disregards his sovereignty. It says we know better. We are Lord. We, we can do what we want. But His our obedience to Him, our yes to Him says, You are Lord. And whatever it may look like this year, I want to encourage you, say yes to Jesus. Say yes to Jesus. Not just in those big decisions, but in the day to day. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Let your disposition, your word be yes. To him. And sometimes we get a little bit worried about what he might say and what that might look like, but let's read the next part of this verse. It says in verse 13 Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message to the people, from the Lord to the people I am with you, declares the Lord. As soon as they said yes, the first Response of God is, I am with you. I am with you. The futility that you were experiencing, you've said yes, you've turned. I am with you. And then this this is incredible what happens next. In verse 14, it says, So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, son of Sheltiel, governor of Judah and the spirit of Joshua, son of Jozadak, the high priest, and the spirit of the whole remnant of people. And they came and they began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God, on the 24th day of the sixth month. Here is what we learn about grace. When you say yes, God gives grace to whatever it is that He is calling you to. They said, yes, we will go. And then we read, the Lord stirred up their spirit. The Lord did the work in their heart to motivate them, to energize them, to move them in the direction that he was calling them to. I used to fear saying yes to God. Before I came to Christ, my biggest thing was I'll I'll, I'll have to give up my whole life. I'll have to stop doing this and I'll have to stop doing that. I'll have to change my behavior. I'll have to change my thinking. I, 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 I can't do it. But I learned that when you say yes to Jesus, He will give you the grace that is needed to make those changes. He will give you the grace that will change your heart, your desires, that you don't even want those things in your life anymore. All you do is say yes. Yes, Lord. I say yes, and then He energizes my spirit. He stirs your spirit. It's not about trying to hype people up. It's not about trying to crack the whip, beat you down, shake you up. It's about the Holy Spirit speaking to His people and stirring us up to put Him first, to do what He's calling us to do, because time is running. So here's the question for us this morning. With whatever this year brings... Be it trial, be it celebration, be it the bottom of the pit or the height of the mountain. Will you say yes to Jesus in every season, in every circumstance, in every situation, and allow his grace to be your portion this year more than you have ever done before? You might say, I've done that. I did that in 2021. I did it in 2022. I didn't You already did it? I did it in 2020 2019, whatever it may be. I made that decision, but today will you say yes to Jesus? Will you give him your life? Your whole heart and say that anything that takes place during this year I'm saying yes to you. You're staying first God first. God first. I kind of want to shake us up a bit. To to come into this year with, with, with steadfastness in our hearts and faith in our hearts, to say that following Jesus isn't about what's going to happen next month. It's about He is King. There is no other way. He is the only one. Where else can we go? What else could we do? Jesus first. Jesus first. And you watch the grace of God flow in your life. Can we close our eyes and and bow our heads together? This opportunity, this call is for every person in this room. To put Jesus first this year. Will you put him first this year? Will you put him first this year? We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.